Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. I feel like we already got our money's worth. What a move of God at the altar today. I am so thankful for that. And I'm going to tell you where it comes from. It comes from prayer and fasting. Thank you, Sister Corrine, for being faithful to Friday nights. Those of you that come even for a while, thank you so much. This is what happens. What's tomorrow night? Family prayer. Let's be faithful to prayer. Let's be faithful to fasting. I think they still have a sign-up sheet if you can fast even one day. We'll keep having a move of God. Matthew chapter 12, verse 38. We thought about canceling church today because we knew we wouldn't have a screen. We didn't feel like we could have church if we didn't have a screen, so. But we pulled it off, huh? I guess we can have church without a screen. I guess you might have to go back to your Bible but we'll get it repaired, but we're glad for every one of you that are here. Matthew 12, 38. Certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, an evil, this is not very politically correct the way he talks here. An evil, An adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And today I want to preach for a little while on our faith before his signs. Our faith before his signs. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you for being faithful to the house of God. I know it's a Sunday morning in the summer, and lots of people are going to be out of town every week between now and Labor Day, but when you're in town, I appreciate you being in the house of God. Amen? Now, what I want to preach to you today is very important. God wants to see our faith before he shows his signs. I was at a church dedication in Sheboygan this past weekend, and a Mexican minister stood before us and told us the key to revival. Aside from prayer and fasting, which we've already mentioned, he said there's something that's absolutely vital to revival, and that is a respect for the word of God and for the ministry. Now, I realize I'm preaching to the choir this morning. I realize that you have a respect for the word of God. And I know that you have a respect for the ministry. But you can't have enough respect for the word of God. And you can't have enough respect for the ministry. The word of God will not fail. People will. And for the few that fail, 
We can't give up on the ministry. We can't give up on the police department when a few officers fail. We can't give up on the government when politicians fail. We still need governing. We still need laws. But we can't have unity without a respect for the word of God and a respect for the ministry. I remember, and I hope I don't upset anyone by saying this, but I remember watching a a war documentary called The Band of Brothers, and in this particular scene, there was a time when a man refused to salute an officer because he didn't like him. And so the officer that was superior to him said, Sir, come over here. And he said these words, We salute the rank, not the man. We salute the rank, not the man. Respect the office, even if you can't respect the person that's in the office. I'm trying to put things in you that are going to help you be strong Christians and good citizens. Because we don't always respect the people that are in the office. But we have to respect the office. And we have to respect authority. And you'll see why in in just a few minutes in this message. God wants to see our faith before he shows us his signs. Let me ask you this. Let's go back to the Old Testament now. I'm I'm gonna change gears here. Let's go back to the Old Testament. How difficult do you think it would be to serve God if you had these signs? You had a man of God that could stick out his rod and turn the water into blood. Do you think it would be difficult to serve God if you saw 10 plagues poured out on your enemies? Be pretty easy, wouldn't it? Would it be easy to serve God if God brought a big old cloud every day and kept you in the cool of it and led you by it every day? Would it be easy to serve God if you saw a pillar of fire come down from heaven at night and rest over the tabernacle, his house? Would it be easy to serve a God like that? Would it be easy to serve a God that could feed a nation with bread from heaven and drop it six consecutive days? Every day. You got to see it float down. Here comes our daily bread. Would it be easy to serve a God that could open a Red Sea and drown an entire army in it? Would it be easy to serve a God who instructed a priest to put his foot on the water and divided the Jordan River so that an entire nation could pass through it. Wouldn't it be easy to serve a God like that? Wouldn't it be easy to to follow a God that would lead you through a wilderness and not only provide you with food, but would move a rock along with you and you could drink water out of a rock and feed an entire nation with it? 
Would it be easy to serve a God like that? Every day you get to see all these signs and, and miracles taking place. Your enemies are run off. The first city that you conquer, God knocks the walls flat. Wouldn't it be easy to serve a God like that? And here, in this portion of the New Testament that I've read to you, they're saying of Jesus, we saw what God did in the Old Testament. We're not so sure about you. And we're looking to you to give us the kind of demonstration that our forefathers talked about. Show us your signs. Show us your greatness. And then we'll consider following you. And he says, nope, not anymore. Now you're going to have to learn to walk in faith. Wow. And you know, here's another thing that I saw. The great man of God, the great man of God, Moses, what a terrific leader this guy is. What an example. And he's summoned to a conference. God says, we're going to have a conference. You and me, come on up on this mountain. He goes up to this mountain, and after a short period of time, just a couple days, he's only gone a couple days, they have all these miracles, they have this great leader, and after a couple of days, they rise up and say, where's Moses? And where's God? Who are the gods that delivered us out of Egypt? And so they go to the second in command. They go to Aaron and they say, hey, where's Moses? Well, I don't know. God told him to come up to the mountain. When's he coming back? I don't know. Well, maybe he's never coming back. Maybe Moses isn't going to be our leader anymore. And, I, and beyond the normal signs and normal activity, I don't see anything supernatural happen here. I'm wondering who really delivered us from the Egyptians. Let's make a God. Help us, Aaron, to, to come up with a God that we can worship. And he says, okay, well, you know, take the goal. He, he might have been a good second, but he certainly was not a good first. And they come up with this golden calf and they start riotously living and, and they're acting just like everybody else in the world. And God looks down and says, step aside. I'm going to wipe these people out right now. And Moses says, wait, 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 wait. Don't do that. All the nations will, will think less of you. You couldn't keep them in the wilderness. You couldn't be their provider and protector. Oh, no, don't do it, God. And he steps in between. Here's the problem that we have. The problem they had way back there is the same problem we have today. We have too many people walking with, God, with man and not with God. And as soon as somebody that they respect fails, they stop serving God. Well, what would happen if your pastor failed? What would happen?
happen if you lost your pastor? Are you walking with your pastor? Are you walking with God? Thank God. I'm, I'm talking about a position today. This is in my heart, so I've got to say it to you today. It's in my heart. Help me to express it, Lord. Pastors and ministers are a gift from God. I'm talking about an office. I'm not talking about a person. Don't think I'm talking about myself. I am not talking about Rick Kiley. I am talking about the office of being a pastor, the office of being a leader, the office of being the head of your home. They are gifts of God. And we need them. We need preachers. Preaching saves us. Teaching directs us. We need teachers. We need preachers. We need pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers. We need the five-fold ministry. Can I get an amen? But the five-fold ministry is a gift. It's a gift. And the people that are in it should be gifted. And they should be anointed. And we should never, as leaders or, or ministers of any kind, get to the point where we think we can rely on our own understanding, our own talents, our own ability. We need God, just like everybody else needs God. And we can fail. And if we do, then we keep right on walking with God and God will raise up another leader. And as long as that leader follows the word of God and follows the spirit of God, then follow him as he follows Christ. Can I get an amen? But we're walking with God. We gotta be Walking with God, and that requires faith. Brother Meyer said something, Brother Mike Meyer, and I wrote it in my Bible and I dated it. I don't have my Bible in front of me at this moment, but he said something that I'm not going to forget. And I thank God for the teachers and the preachers, men, women of God that we have in this congregation. We've got great teaching and preaching in this place. And if you're paying attention and taking notes, man, you should be fat and sassy. But Mike said this. He said, excuse me, Brother Meyer said this. He said, the difference between trust and faith is that faith has action. You could say you trust somebody, but to have faith there has to be action. Has to be action. Let me read this to you. I've, I already quoted Exodus chapter 32 and walked through that story. Jesus said this, and I'm going to make my point this way. Oftentimes, when it, now, now I'm going to take you to the New Testament, okay? I'm going to leave the Old Testament alone now. I'm going to take you to the New Testament. Oftentimes, Jesus wanted to see their faith before he did anything. 
he would ask questions like this. Do you believe I can do this? No, he believed he could. That was not the question. The question was of the person that sought him. Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I can resurrect Lazarus from the dead? Oh, sure, Lord. He'll be resurrected at the last day. That's not my question. Do you believe I can resurrect him now? What does that matter? I'm looking for your faith before I do my signs. Watch this. Luke chapter 5, verse 18. Behold, men brought in a bed and a man which was taken in palsy and they sought by means to bring him in and to lay him before him. When they could find no way by which they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch, he's on a couch, dropped him through the ceiling right in front of the pulpit. You're out of order, sir. What are you doing wrecking my house? All these things could have been brought up, but nobody said a word. They only saw a need, and they waited for the master to step into the situation. Jesus will handle this. You want to sue these guys for breaking up your roof? We can do that after the service. What's important now is there's a man who needs a miracle. And because they didn't give up. Oh, I liked what Michael said today about the woman with the issue of blood. I mean, when you got a need, you know where to go, don't you? You know you, you need to get to the altar. You need to weep and cry and call out to God because you know, even though you don't see anything, you know that God is going to meet you at that altar. That is faith. That's faith. If you don't have any faith, you won't come to the altar. You'll just say thanks for the show and walk away. But the show doesn't take place until God and you meet in faith. And then the miraculous happens. And watch what it says here. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, man, thy sins be forgiven thee. Jesus saw faith. Faith. What faith did he see? He saw faith that these guys believed that they could have an audience. The miraculous was going to take place. He saw their faith in action. What was the faith? If we have to tear this roof off, we'll tear it off. If we have to interrupt Jesus while he's speaking, we'll interrupt Jesus while he's speaking. If nobody will make way for us to come through the crowd, we'll find another way. But we're going to get to where Jesus is, and Jesus is going to do the miraculous. We have faith, and we demonstrate that by our action. And Jesus said, I see your faith. He didn't say, I feel your faith. He didn't say, I know your faith. Come on now, preach with me. 
He said, I see your faith. Does Jesus see my faith? I'm trying to get you to think here. Does Jesus see my faith? Watch this. Take a look at John chapter 6. Jesus lifted up his eyes, John 6 and 5, and saw a great company come unto him, and he said unto Philip, I'm going to give you a quiz here. Son, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And watch this verse, this sixth verse. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Why are you asking Philip this question? I'm giving him a test. I'm seeing how much faith he has. What would it take to feed this multitude? How much would it cost, Philip? We don't even get an answer from Philip. Now, Jesus knows what he wants to do, what he's about to do. Because he knows the end from the beginning. Can I get an amen to that? If if our God knows the end from the beginning, does he not know where we are right now? Certainly he does. Does he not know how we feel? But see, too many people base their faith upon their feelings. And I don't know, you know, women, now I'm going to say this respectfully, women are much more feely than men are. Can I get an amen to that? Okay. But men are feely too. We just don't like to show it as much. But we're feely too. And we're not always on the top of the world. And we wear masks. Remember me talking about masks a few weeks ago? And we want you to think that we're strong and we're tough and and we got it all together. But we don't. We don't always have it together. We have feelings too. But faith has to be greater than feelings. Has to be. And if it isn't, your feelings are going to spiral downward. But faith will bring you upward. Can God do this? Absolutely he can. Is God willing to do this? Does he love me? Does he care for me? Yes, he does. Faith is being built. And so Jesus knew what he was going to do. So what he says, if you read all of the accounts, I'm not going to read the rest of this. I'm just going to talk you through it. If you read the, all of the accounts that include the feeding of the 3,000 and the 5,000, you will find him in both cases asking for them to bring something to him. Now, consider this. If God can feed a million people With bread from heaven, can he not feed 5,000? Then 
then why this game? Why are we playing this game? Disciples, come here. We need to feed this multitude. They're hungry. So what I want you to do is I want you to go out in the crowd and I want you to see what you can gather from the people, what they're willing to bring to me. Okay, I'll do that. So the 12 disciples, hey, the master wants to know, do you have any food? The master wants any food that you have. They don't make any promises. They don't say, give him whatever you got and he's gonna feed everybody. They just say, the master wants some food. Will you give it? Somebody preach with me today. I want you to know that Jesus asks us for things, not because he needs them, but he wants to see our faith. And one boy has a lunch and he gives that lunch to the master and the master feeds the multitude. Why? Because he had faith. He had a boy's faith in action. And he takes that faith and feeds the multitude. Jesus wants to see my faith. Not just hear my words. Not just have me tell him about my feelings or my concerns. He wants to see my faith. We'll step out here too. When we first came, now Sister Kylie will be able to, I'll get one amen here. I know I'm going to get one. Sister Kylie, when we came to know the Lord, how were we doing financially? Pretty sad. To that I say amen. You're right, pretty sad. Were we able to pay all of our bills? No. Creditors calling us. Anybody ever get a letter in the mail? If you don't make this payment, this is what's going to happen to you. And you have faith to believe what they say. You hear their threat, you read their document. But the pastor's wife sat down with us and said, bring all your bills to Jesus. Let's sit down and make a budget. Let's give God the first, not the last. Let's let God enjoy the meal with us. Not, let's not tell him he can have what's left over. And we put God first in our finances And God not only supplied our needs, but many of our wants, and began to use us to bless others. See, God doesn't want to just bless his people so that their needs are met. He wants to bless others through your life. Do you have faith for that? No. Because I'm struggling to pay my own bills. Well, be faithful. Show your faith. And God will be faithful to you. You can't have a marriage without both parties being faithful. God will be faithful, you be faithful. Oh boy, 
I'm trying here, Lord. Help me. Be faithful. Mark chapter 16. Sixteen and seven. I hear pages. Boy, that's a good sound. I should have got rid of this screen a long time ago. These signs shall follow them that that have faith, that believe. I heard one man say it this way. He said, I can't hear a word you're saying because I observe what you're doing. Your actions are speaking louder than your words. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God expects action from us, not just words from us. So he says, now I began this message in the beginning and Jesus said no signs except for Jonas meaning three days and three nights in the whale's belly referring to his resurrection but here he says that these signs will follow them that believe in my name they will cast out devils can I get an amen to that they will speak with new tongues they will take up serpents If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now here's my final point. The world, and I pray this never happens to the church, the world wants the signs, and then they'll believe. And God says... I want the belief, I want the faith, and then I'll give the signs. So what I just read to you really means this. If I walk in faith according to what God directs in my life, where are the signs? They're following me. It's not this way. We follow the signs. Oh, I'm going to this church now because this guy's such a great preacher. I go to a different church now because they have these miracles or these signs. You're a sign follower. That's not what Jesus called you to be. The sign should be following you. Everything about salvation is about faith. Faith, it all begins with faith. Let me give you this example. Baptism. Baptism in Jesus' name, obedient faith. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, spoken faith. Walking through difficult times, Faithfulness, even repentance, is humbling faith. Everything starts with faith. We need to have faith in the Word of God. 
Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the... We need to have faith in the Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons or daughters of God. So everything revolves around faith. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God. Everything revolves around faith in God's word. Let's stand together. John chapter 20. Here's where we'll stop. Do you remember a man by the name of Thomas? He said, I'm not going to believe unless I touch him, unless I see him. Thomas was from Missouri. After eight days, this is verse 26, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas. Now he was not there when Thomas said what he said. Physically. See, God is with you all the time. All the time. Reach hither your finger and behold my hands. Reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. We have a choice. We can be faithless or we can be faithful. You like that play on words, don't you? Faithless or faithful. If we're faithful, we'll stay in the nest. That's why it's called faithfulness. Go ahead, laugh at me. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus didn't rebuke him for that, did he? But he did say this, Thomas, because you've seen, you've believed. But blessed are they who have not seen and yet believed. Every worship service, it's not about feelings. It's about giving God what he deserves. You don't have to feel the presence of God to worship. Well, when the spirit moves, I'll worship. No, you bring the spirit to movement. You clap your hands. Well, I don't feel like clapping. I don't feel like worshiping. There you go again. You're going back to feelings again. Well, I don't see God moving on other people. Let God move on you. Show some faith. Act like God's there. You know when you come to an altar or you're standing where you are, this is how you worship. Like you're standing right in your face and you love on him. And it's almost like you embrace him. That's the way it's supposed to be, folks. Act like you have faith. And then you'll have signs following. Jesus, 
Let this altar be a place of faith today. Let people come to this altar in repentance with humble faith, being baptized with obedient faith, receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost with spoken faith, and living faithfully toward you. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.